Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, that one being NIV, and Joshua chapter 13, verses 6 to 14. And um, uh, Brother Emmy, I'm going to be borrowing you shortly. I already uh, let your daughter know that uh, she's going to be used of the Lord, and so aren't you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, But the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my grace is enough for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast in all, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Again, Joshua chapter 13, verse 5 to uh, 13, verses 5 to 14. A delegation from the tribe of Judah led by Caleb came to Joshua Gilgal. Remember what the Lord said to Moses about you and me, Joshua, when we were at Kadesh Barnea. Caleb asked Joshua, I was 40 years old at the time, and Moses had sent us from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land of Canaan. I reported what I felt was true, but our brothers, the other 10 spies who went with us, frightened the people and discouraged them from entering into the promised land. But since I had followed the Lord, my God, Moses, told me the section of Canaan you were just in shall belong to you and your ancestors. So it's not just about you, it's about your ancestors also. Now, as you see, from that time until now, the Lord has kept me alive. Tell somebody the Lord has kept me. Amen. The Lord has kept me. The Lord has kept me alive and well for these 45 years since crisscrossing the wilderness and others we kept going around and around and around today I am 85 years old and I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent us on that journey and I can still travel and fight as well as I could back then I want to know what gym he was working out at so I'm asking that you give me this hill country or the King James version of life better. Give me this mountain that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as spies, we found the uh, Anakin living uh, there in great walled cities. And uh, But if the Lord is with me, in other words, there were giants there, but if the Lord is with me, I shall drive them out of that land. So Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him 
Mount Hebron as a permanent inheritance because he had followed the Lord God of Israel. Amen. Are there, is there anybody who has some promises from the Lord that hasn't happened for a while? I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. But first, I want to make sure you understand that you cannot take credit for what belongs to the Lord. We were sharing in this season that we are in a season of tremendous grace. Again, if you could just move in closer, please. There are people who want to really get up here and and be in this atmosphere. Not that there's anything wrong with downstairs, but they want to be live. So please, if you can move in. We are entering, no, I take that back. We have entered into a season of incredible grace. The word grace means favor or preferential treatment. Every week I am hearing stories of just the ridiculous things that God is doing. Just heard recently that one of our members is now going to be on television with their particular show. I'm not going to put them out there. They can put themselves out there by themselves. But my point is, is that this, it's like every week someone's buying a house or someone's getting a promotion or it's like every week. And God is saying, I need to prepare you for favor so that you won't mess it up. Because the only thing that will mess up favor or grace is pride. The, the steps to more favor or more grace is humility. You cannot have more grace and pride. They cannot exist in the same place. Because James chapter 4 says God resists the pride, but he gives more grace to the humble. And the word humble has two definitions. One means to recognize, to recognize your own shortcomings. And the other definition is what we've been talking about recently. Humility, when you're being humbled, it means to destroy one's independence. For grace to work effectively, and again, I got this concept, although he didn't say it's grace, but the way we're supposed to function as human beings, if you ever read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, he says the way to work, to work more efficiently, efficiently in life is that number one, you cannot be independent. We need the body of Christ. And an independent spirit is of the devil. Because the independent spirit says, I will, and I don't need anybody else. But the opposite of independence is dependence. And God, I know you may say, well, doesn't God want us to live dependent on him? No. Because independent, whereas independence says, I will, Dependence says, you will, God. Now, you may say, what's wrong with that? 
What it's basically saying is, God, you do everything and I do nothing. And the way, the way God has called us to live, are you with me, is that I do the natural, but God does the super. And this text that found in Numbers that Joshua, Caleb is talking about is that when they went into the promised land, the spies were basically saying, God, you do everything. And when you, everybody will come in. No, no. God says, no, you're going to go over the Jordan and you're going to fight. Now, you need to understand that with me, you will win, but you got to fight. And some of you are waiting on God and God say, no, I'm waiting on you. Because in God's equation, and I've said this before, what's one times one? Very good. This is, this, I'm not deep. Turn to neighbor. If you're, if you're a guest, if you're a guest, I know summer, and some of you may have to go to summer school, but I'm not deep. Okay. 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 What's one times 10? Very good. What's one times 100? What's one times a million? Okay. So watch this. So, so in the equation of God, I'm the one and God's the million. So me plus times God equals a million. Are you with me? What's zero times one? What's zero times 10? What's zero times a thousand? What's zero times a million? In other words, God is saying, if I can't get you, then nothing will happen. That's a good word right there. So it's not, so independence means, God, I'm going to do it. And that's a satanic spirit because that's what the devil said on Isaiah chapter 14. I'll do it. I will. And God said, no, 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 no. This can only be one boss up in heaven and it ain't going to be you. Then there's dependence means, God, you do everything and I won't do nothing. But the Bible says faith without what? is dead so what's the so what's the other thing God wants us to live interdependent independence says I will dependence says you do it all God interdependence says we will where's that found in scripture Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. God says, I heard the cry of my people. Yes, you did. And I'm going to come down and deliver them. All right, God. And Moses, I'm sending you. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said you're coming down. Yeah, I'm coming down, but I'm going to use you. So we need to understand that as we walk in grace, there is three types of graces and they all will operate in our lives some more than others but we all need to experience three types of grace last week i talked about there well there's three kinds of grace there is successful grace which we call favor god gives me favor there is sustaining grace where god gives me the 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 fight and tenacity to fight through things and then there is successful grace, so sustaining grace, successful grace, so su successful grace, sustaining grace, and splendorous grace, which makes God famous. Again, 
successful graces, we call it favor. Sustaining grace, we it's when God puts a fight in us that won't allow us to quit. And then there is splendor's grace, which makes God famous. Successful grace is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Sustaining grace is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, which I just read. And splendor's grace is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. I want to talk to you about sustaining grace is when God makes me a fighter. When God makes me a fighter. I want to reread 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10 to give you some context. I only read verse 9 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, but I want to read it, uh, verses 7 uh, through 10 in the Message Bible, but I'll also b borrow some words from the Living Bible so that you can get the context of how sustaining grace works. Because one of the things I want to let you know that the reason why you haven't quit is because of the sustaining grace of God. And turn to your name and say, neighbor, you have been taking credit for the sustaining grace. You've been bragging about how you held out. How you were strong and you didn't even know that the Lord sustained you. And if he didn't give you grace to, to be sustained through what you've been going through, you would have lost your mind. That's why you, be, mm, you better be careful how you talk about other people who crumble under pressure. Because if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd have been. And too many of us are bragging about something that does not belong to us. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. This is the context. Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, and he says, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head. Turn your name and say, you had a big head. No, only kidding. <laughs> I was given, I was given the gift of a handicap or a gift of trouble to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. <laughs> Ooh. Know you know why you got that crazy boss? To keep you on your knees. Because you think you have patience. And then God put somebody crazy in your life. To let you see your limitations. Ah, some of you women thought you were so patient till you had two or three children. If you, if you could do it all over again, because you remember when you did when I get children, they're going to be sit down, they're going to behave in church, and they're going to sit down. You had an opportunity, you would apologize, and I am so sorry, please forgive me. Can, can I babysit your children? If there's a mother, turn to your mother, that mother said, that's you right now, he's talking about you. So Satan's angel did his best to get me down. 
what he in fact did was push me <laughs> to my knees. Oh, you're trying to rebuke the devil and the Lord said, nah, 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 I'm letting him, I'm letting him mess with you so you'll pray. It's amazing how people who don't spend time praying, all of a sudden when trouble comes, they want to stop the whole prayer service. <laughs> ah, shameless plug, Brother Walter. It's amazing. Sometimes when you see somebody who hasn't ever come to morning prayer, my first response is, okay, what happened? Mother Green, am I right? Okay, what happened? And then the next thought is, okay, they're going to, some, somewhere along our normal, faithful morning prayer times, they're not, they're going to say, ah! Ah! and stop everything and say, look, y'all, I came out at six o'clock in the morning and you going to pray. I don't care. You going to pray for me. And so my question is, why, why, why does God, look, look, uh, uh, look, turn your name and say, you're a smart person. Why not pray to God all the time? I mean, why does God always have to put the, put the clamps on you to get you on your knees? See, my prayer now, God, no, I'm always praying. You don't have to send a demon after me. Just, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Me and, de me and the demon are cool. You know, me, we're cool, Lord. We're, we're cool. Mm. <sighs> the angel did his best to get me down. But what he did was push me to my knees. No danger then of wake, of walking around high and mighty. <laughs> You are rebuking the devil, and God said, nah, you, 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 you've been puffed up about your job, so I'm going to take your job. You've been puffed up about, ooh, I got into this school. I got into MIT, million years in training, and ooh, I'm a, I, I got into this school and that school. So all of a sudden, now, now your grades are going down. You're getting warnings about whether you can stay in, and now all of a sudden, God's like, yeah, you thought you were high and mighty. It was my grace that got you in there. If 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 I would pull down back the curtains and let you know how many people I allowed you to jump over to get that job, you'd be praising me forever. But because I don't see, I allow you to see what goes on behind the curtain. You think it's you. At first. <laughs> I can, I agree with you, Brother Paul. At first, I didn't think of this demon being a gift. I didn't think of this problem being a gift. In fact, I begged God to remove the problem three times. Mm. I paid God, God, please get rid of my boss. Let him quit. Lord Jesus. I pray God, do something with my landlord. Oh God, please. I do something with my husband. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Each time he said, no, but I am with you, the voice translation says, my grace 
is enough to sustain you. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on my weaknesses and I began to appreciate the gift of what God was doing in me. It was a case of Christ's strength moving into my weakness. Now I take limitations. I take my weaknesses. I take my shortcomings in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, these limitations that abuse me, these limitations when people, accidents happen and opposition uh, comes my way and bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get in him, the stronger I become. What I'm basically saying is that we need to stop taking credit for the sustaining grace of God. And I'm, I'm going to keep putting this picture to you over and over again. And that is we have to live at the throne of grace. And some of you think you, you approach your prayer life like your automobile. If I fill it up on Tuesday, I don't have to see the gas station to the following Tuesday. But you must be in his presence every day. In fact, David, who was a man after God's own heart, in other words, God said, if you want to see a person who I want you to act like, this is 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, be like David. And David said in Psalm, uh, I think Psalm 11, verse 6, Psalm 16, verse 11, he the path of life. You show me how to live in your presence. Fullness of what? Joy. So as a cell phone, and we did this last week, and this cell phone happening. Can you press the power button? You know, and you know, just so that people uh, don't think I'm making this up. Any power coming on? Nothing's coming wrong. There's no power. There's no power. Now tell me once again, what is this cell phone capable of? What can it do? Hmm? <laughs> what can a cell phone do? Listen to music. Oh, yeah. Listen to music. What else can it do? Text. Text. Call. Call. You go ahead. You go ahead. Check emails. emails. Watch TV. Watch movies. You can put apps on here to get a compass. There's a whole lot of stuff you can do with this. But guess what? When there's no power, it can't do. And so... What you will need to do, you need to take this phone and attach it to the power. Okay? Woo! So is it going to work? 
caught you on a bad day, didn't I? <laughs> no, it, it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Because it needs an intercessor. So, this plug is Jesus. He's the intercessor. Because not only can he connect with God, but he also can connect with me. So now, if we just stay in his presence, oh, we see a little life here. See, I don't know if you see the red dot here, but we see a little life. And so I'm going to leave it there for a while. Now, I got a revelation out of this because I left the phone alone after, if, if you were here, I probably charged it through my sermon. Okay? So, Tuesday, I expected the phone to have no charge and be dead again. Because I knew I was going to use it again for this illustration. Well, when I put on the phone, it still had about 30% of its power left. That's what I said at first. I said, amen. All right. And then the Lord said to me, do you know why it still has power? Because it wasn't being used. So I decided to use it for about three or four hours straight and the power went. But the good news is that I could recharge it. Could it be the reason why you're not running out of power? Because you're not being used. But when you're you're being used by God every day, and he wants to use you every day, trust me, when you're in his presence, there's always enough power. Sometimes, how many of you use your phone so much that you had to charge it up a few times? Mm -hmm. And how many of you, I saw this device, Masato had this device. I said, girl, you're a bad girl. She had one of those devices where where it just walks, it it just attaches to the phone so that the phone never loses power. Mm, Turn somebody and say, that's the Holy Ghost. You know this boy is preaching. preaching. Uh. Now you may say, why, why, why am I using Caleb? Okay, okay. Because see, you all, like me, we're, we look at Caleb and we're like, wow, he, you know, give me this mountain and, and I'm ready at 85 as I was 45 years ago at 40. Caleb's name is a Hebrew name that means dog. It means dog. It also means faithful. Many of you have dogs. you very faithful. The, the, the name Caleb also means devotion, wholehearted, bold, and brave. A dogged person is one who is persistent in effort, stubbornly tenacious, hangs tough, adamant, firm, in Defatigable, meaning they never get tired. Persevering, relentless, resolved, steady, unbending, 
single-minded, unyielding. I'll come back to unyielding. And the Lord told me that Caleb had sustaining grace. I thought about this. I go into the promised land. I spy it out. I come back with a good report. Am I in the Bible so far? Okay. The Lord himself says, I have a different spirit than these other ten jokers. The Lord himself says, you're going to get the promise. Okay, these other 10 jokers, plus their families, plus their friends, because I came back with what the Lord said, they tried to kill me. Read it for yourself. They, they, back then, they would take up stones and, and they would throw them until you're dead. Are you with me? So all these people are ready to kill me. And I'm still standing firm, believing God. Are you with me? And so God comes down. And he says, I'm sick of these people backbite. I'm sick of them. They make me blah, blah, blah. He's, God's upset. He said, they're going to, you know, for every year they, for every day that they spent spying out the land, it's going to be 40 years, a year, so 40 years in the wilderness. They will not make it in the promised land. They're going to die in the wilderness, die in the desert. And only Caleb, he is going to enter into my land because him and Joshua had a different spirit. And I would, and if I was Caleb, I would have said, hallelujah, let's praise the Lord. And the Lord says, you got to walk too. Now you all are spiritual. But if I did what was right, and now year one, I'm walking in circles, going nowhere. After a while, let, let's say Chandler here was one of the individuals who you know, came up with a bad report. I don't know about you, but I'd be giving him the stink eye. Come on, folks. Don't, don't, you know that. Have you ever been in a class where one person opened their big mouth and everybody had to stay after? Football players, any football players, any football players, sports, 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 basketball, okay, okay, all right, you know, um, oh, you didn't want to do the push-ups right? Okay, everybody does the push-ups. Sports, okay, uh, uh, okay, we're ready. No, two hour practice, we're all tired. Okay, if Chuck hits the foul shot, we all go into the showers. If he doesn't, okay, so now everybody's looking at Chuck like, I was gonna say something else, but, <laughs> and you're looking at him, and then Chuck misses it, and you're like, you know, really? Really? And now you're doing the suicide, but everybody's looking at Chuck. Like, and so I don't know about you, but I would have been like, yo, year one go by, year two go by, year three go by, year four go by. I'm talking about 40 years. Five go by. I'm talking grace would lift. It would go, it would go from, okay, I forgive you. 
to, you deserve to die. And then they get kids. And now I'm looking at their kids. It's because of your grandfather. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to let you know. Let me tell you about your grandfather. Okay? Okay. Let me tell you. You think your grandfather was a man of faith? No, he wasn't. Let me tell you about your grandfather and your grandmama too. I don't know about you, but after 40 years, I'd be feeling some kind of way. And that's the way some of you are right now. Some of you are feeling some kind of way about somebody who did something to you a while ago. It was quiet in here. And yet Caleb comes out of that situation with no bitterness, with no anger. He comes out of that situation with faith that God who sustained me, sustained me so that I can get the promise that he has for me. The only reason why you haven't quit between the promise and the manifestation is because all those years God sustained you and you've been taking credit. Well, I'm a person of faith and I believe God and I'm in the word. And if anybody would have seen some of the language that you used in your prayer life, okay, can I talk to the real people here? Have you ever been mad at God? Raise your hand. Have you ever gotten so mad at God that you said, I ain't even talking to you? And the Holy Spirit be like, come on, listen. No, I'm not talking. <laughs> Have you ever come into church and you knew the presence of God was there? You knew God was comforting you. You said, no, I'm not praising you. You're perfect in all your ways. You're a good, good father. And the Holy Spirit's like, raise your hand. No. I'm mad. Why you allow this to happen? I'm standing on the word. And the prophet comes and says, Yea, the Lord has said to me that you will be strengthened. No, get off of me. I want to hear no, the Lord said. I want to see something. See, some of you all are deep now. I wake up every morning with my daily confession. The Lord will meet my needs. I'm healed of the Lord. I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah, that'll work for a few years. And after a while, you're like, really? Chandler, I heard this wonderful message that I want to... No, get out. See, we're, we're, we still... Rem maintain some of our dignity so we say things like oh no I, I really don't have any time right now um, thank you for sharing but right now you know, I'm just kind of doing stuff because that's what you say on the outside but on the inside you're like you better get out of my face am I talking to somebody here right now <laughs> you know there, there are times when yeah believe it or not there are times when I you know I will Sunday morning I wake up and I'm like you know what why can't I go to the beach like every other? <laughs> what? You know, you know, this is the only job that I kind of, I kind of, doctor, I kind of don't get to call in sick. <laughs> it, 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 come on, folks. Okay, no, I won't have you raise your hand because your bosses might be watching. But I know some of us take mental health days. <laughs> 
Sometimes I wake up like, you know, I want a mental health day. Some of the pastor, you, you, you okay? Is this a tough thing? But my point is, is that, but the Lord sustains. The Lord sustains. The Lord sustains. Give me five more minutes. The Lord sustains. The word sustain, it comes from two Latin words, sub, which means under. So the word submarine means under the sea, okay? Submit means to send yourself under, okay? But we have sustain, sus, sub meaning under, and teneo, which means to hold. And so, so when the Lord sustains you, he holds you from under. That's sustaining grace. It's, it's described this way in Deuteronomy 33, verse 27. The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms, and he will say to your enemies, destroy them. So we made a whole song out of that. We say, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What a peace is mine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Some of y'all old school, you know the verses. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. Leaning on the everlasting arm. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day. Leaning on the everlasting arm. Oh, yes, I'm leaning. Y'all getting church on me now. Leaning safe. And secure from all along. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Another hymn is the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are his everlasting arms. So can I borrow you for a moment? I want to give you a picture of us and then we are going to pray for a number of you. And so, Dad, could you come? I want to show you how the sustaining power of God works. So, I forgot your name, dear. Beulah. This is Beulah, and this is her dad. And so what I want you to do, I want you to walk from here, and you need to do it as fast as you can. Don't run, but walk fast. And I want you to walk from here to there to the end, and, and just tell me, count your steps. Actually, why don't you walk and count your steps, and you, no, you can count your steps. Right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twen
Eighteen. Eighteen. Are you sure? Okay, why don't you do it again and count them while you count them loud while you're stepping. Watch this. One, two. So one, two, okay. So ready? Go. One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay, so now I'm going to ask your dad to hold you. Underneath, okay? And so, Dad, I want you to walk the same path with your daughter. Ready? <laughs> oh. You can, you can put it down. Okay. Okay. How many did it take you, Dad? Ten. So, it took you 16... Come back up here. It took you 16 by yourself, but it only took you 10 in your father's arms. Okay, so now... Let me show you another picture of you. Okay? All right, Dad, so you can get it. Dad can get her there faster, right? Okay, so Dad, why don't you get her there faster? In other words, what, hap what happened there is that Dad was carrying her, but she was fighting him. So Dad says, I can't fight with you. I'm going to let you walk the rest other way on your own. Woo! And that's what happens some of you. God is carrying you. You believe in him. You trust in him. But then you're getting angry at him. And you're fighting him. This is a fear. This is wrong. And God can't fight. He's not going to fight you. So he lets you go on your own. And now, this is, I think this is the way God wants. I think this is the way God wants to carry us. Okay, ready? You see, I think God is saying, just, just embrace me. I know what I'm doing. 
I will sustain you. Amen. Thank you, sir. Oh, wait. No. Okay. This is for you to take your dad out. And, oh. I, wait, you got, you got to go to her. She got the money now. <laughs> I, I, I know that we joked and laughed a lot. But for some of you, uh, and, and uh, where you are in life right now is not a laughing matter. And some of you are walking in some very tough circumstances that some people know about and some people don't even know about. But now you realize that the reason why you're still hanging in there is because there's these arms underneath you that you fail to recognize that it's nothing but the sustaining God, grace of God that has kept you. I used to brag about the fact that when people leave PT and, 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 and by God's grace, I hung in there and we hung in there. You know, the number of us, Sister Deb and uh, Cameron and Sandra and Anita, a lot of us, the Cummingses and, and my dad and my mom. And we hung in there, Michael Clark. We all hung in there. I used to take credit for that. Yeah, I had faith. But you know what? I realize now that if I was left to myself, I would have left like everybody else. In fact, I had the letter written. I had enough of this place. And now if you'd have told me that God would do all this and that we'd have two buildings, all I can say is, God, thank you for your sustaining grace. And I apologize for taking credit when really you kept me here. Some of you are going through some challenging situations. And as I said, that last definition of dogged is unyielding. Meaning that sometimes, if I can borrow you, Chandler. Sometimes, how many, how many of you ever watched like MMA and if they get you in a hold that's dangerous enough, what are they trying to get you to do? Tap out. Tap out. I, I, okay, I'm done. I'm done. The reason why many of you have not tapped out is because God has sustained you. The reason why you have not tapped out in bitterness and anger and frustration and say, God, I'm done with you. Though you felt that at times, is because of the sustaining grace of God. I want to close with this illustration. If you could grab those flowers. Um, these flowers put them right here. And you can move this chair. Oh, by the way, 
Wait a minute, before you move it. As you can see, it's charged up again. These flowers are were donated to our church this morning as a gift of appreciation of the sustaining grace of God. Some of you may not know, but there's a woman. Her name was Bridget. Bridget is an Irish name that means strength, power, vigor, virtue. And Bridget was dying of cancer in Barbados. And a friend of hers said, Bridget, I need to bring you here to America where the care could possibly be better here in the Boston area. And by the grace of God, she was able to come here And for nine months, we saw the sustaining grace of God. To the point that I had the honor of seeing Bridget at the 830 service in the balcony. And the only reason I recognized her is because she had on the surgical mask so that she wouldn't become more sick, but It was like, wow, God, you're at work. And then while I was on vacation, I got a text message that let me know that Bridget suddenly passed away. And the family uh, that will be taking Bridget back to Barbados, I believe, but the family said, I We, we want to donate flowers and, a, and, a, and another blessing to the church because by the grace of God, though Bridget did not live, her family has gained another family that they would have never gained had Bridget not been here. So we, I want to continue You know, and sometimes God is not going to answer prayer the way we want him to. But I have faith that no matter what we're going through, he will sustain us if we remain plugged in. <laughs>